Enter. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. Okay. All right. Welcome to the Amateur Philosopher Podcast, where we discuss life's biggest questions, such as, do we have free will? And does pineapple belong on pizza? I am Christine Baraka. And I'm Daniel Baraka. And that's the end of the intro, right? <laughs> pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, Daniel, it was your idea to start a podcast, right? Yes, it was my idea to start a podcast. Mostly because uh, I feel like we're a very interesting couple. <laughs> and uh, I we think... We do have an interesting story. Yeah. yeah. I think there's like, there's a certain perspective that we bring to the world that could be very different from uh, anything else out there. But not necessarily like, you know, like I have a big head type of way. It's just like, (laughs) I really feel like our story is very interesting. The way we got together is very interesting. And uh, the, the reason we do life together is worth sharing. And... And so, yeah, so tell me about you. Tell, tell the audience about you, I guess. Uh, yeah, we're going to start with telling a little bit about our backgrounds for this first episode. So uh, I guess I'll start. Um, my background is going to sound really boring compared to yours. <laughs> I don't know. I disagree. Um, but yeah, I'm from the US. I grew up in the Midwest in Indianapolis. Um how what what should I say about my background exactly? I don't know how detailed to get. Uh being from the Midwest, Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I grew up in a really boring place and I always wanted to leave. That was what I wanted more than anything was to explore the world and I Never really had the opportunity to do that. And honestly, still haven't, which we can talk about a little bit later. But yeah, that's pretty much my background. So yeah, and uh, I am, I was born in the Congo in Central Africa, the heart of Africa. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was, I've done a lot of moving growing up in my, uh, growing (laughs) up. And I didn't do any moving. And so, not that there, there wasn't a lot of instability in my life growing up, but there was just a lot of moving, mm-hmm. rather. And so, I was born in Bukavu, which is this town in the eastern part of the Congo. It's right close to Rwanda. And then when I was um, 10 years old, maybe nine. Okay. Um, no, I was nine years old. Okay. Uh, we moved over. Or across the lake to this other town. That is Goma. Okay. Yeah. It was just across the lake? It wasn't any further than that? No, it was across the lake. Oh, but okay. I guess I thought it was It's a pretty big lake. <laughs> it's a really big lake. <laughs> yeah, okay. no. Yeah, okay. I guess it is a big lake. And so, <laughs> okay. yes, I did move there. And um, I spent a lot of time there. And... For some reason, as my life unfolded, I found myself in the United States in 2012, my family and everything. And how old were you? Uh, in 2012, 
Oh God. I was You were ten years younger than you are now, right? I guess. Is I'm very bad at counting my age. <laughs> I am very bad at counting my age. And because I just I don't know, maybe it's I don't know if it's whether it's a secret thing, but I just <laughs> You did you did try to keep your age a secret for a long time, didn't you? No, it's still a secret. It's what I work. Really? Yeah, it's still a mystery. The mystery of the place where I work. It's like so nobody your coworkers don't know your age. Yeah, they don't know my <laughs> age. But it's like it's the thing that has become this part of the culture that we've created to where <laughs> it's like every culture has its mysteries and it's like just weird parts. And that's part of our culture at work. It's just like nobody knows how old Daniel is. And I think I've gotten too wrapped up in it to where I've literally stopped counting <laughs> my age. You started to believe your own yeah. lies. Yeah, no, I've literally stopped counting my age. So it's <laughs> Daniel like, is ageless. Wait, was that? I, no, I think, no. <laughs> 2012 i was definitely um wait 17 right 17 yeah you weren't 16 i don't think no in 2012 i was 17 because i'm i was born in 1995 yeah yeah so i was 17 okay so what did you do when you came to the u.s um so when i came to the u.s uh my family i first of all came and i was living with my sister and uh my two sisters and my brother they were going to college in missouri so when we moved we we landed in missouri first okay but my parents plan was to move to indianapolis because they had these friends that had they had grown up with back in the congo who had moved to the united states years years earlier and uh, they had set up their space and whatnot, and they kind of knew the, the landscape and whatnot. And right. so my parents thought that would be our best move. Okay. And yeah. so I landed in Missouri, moved to Indianapolis a few months after that okay. to settle with these friends from my parents from their younger years. Right. And so that's why... And then I ended up enrolling in the school there. I ended up doing my senior year uh, and my junior year in Indianapolis of high school. Like I was just That's going there. That's crazy to me. Uh, to he, he public literally, school. Daniel literally went to the same high school that I would have gone to if I hadn't been homeschooled in high school. Yes. Which is so, so weird. Yeah. So we were like a neighborhood apart pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah, we were always close by to yeah. each other that whole no, time. No, because the high school, actually, where I ended, where my um, my friends, my parents' friends lived mm-hmm. was literally across from the school. Oh, really? And so, yeah, no, it was pretty darn close. Okay. And then wow. finding out where you were living the whole time was like, oh, shoot, we've been just like a we're couple really of like blocks, blocks away apart <laughs> yeah time. just a couple of blocks apart so odd this entire time and so yeah that was that was pretty much uh how i ended up going to that school and doing my junior and senior year there and what, that was pretty exciting what was it like going from living in the congo to suddenly doing your last two years of high school in the, a completely different country <laughs> well it's quite a bit different it was, uh, yeah. I don't know. It was very weird, mostly because um, 
My, I mean, for the language barrier in of its own. Did you speak any English when you came? I did speak some English when I came and I still speak some English now. And what so is your first language? It's French. So I speak French as a first language, which is the official language of the Congo. And I learned British English growing up. And so... So you knew some British English when you came here? I feel like I knew British English. Pretty fluentish. Yes. Okay. I was not like learning English in the United States. Okay. That was never You didn't a thing. feel like totally like, oh, I'm, I'm lost. I mean, I didn't here. have to take ESL. And that would be the proof that you know a language or not. Like when you go to school, I essentially you get a test if you are um, enrolling into a into American high school. Oh. And you get this test that determines whether you need ESL or whether you don't. Oh, I didn't know that. And so... So you took I mean, that test and then you didn't Yeah, I tested it. out of it. Okay. Of course, I, test, I aced out of it. Okay. Everybody was like, oh, no, God, your English is great. Whatever. And so... Uh, I wish I could have met you then. I feel like you were so different. You I are was now. I was very different then. <laughs> I was very different then. And so it was never like a question to whether I needed to learn the language. Yeah. Okay. Because I've always been like as a person just fascinated by language. It's mm-hmm. like and so when I had the opportunity to learn English and I had uh I had a personal teacher pretty much who taught me English. And, and that was where Exactly. Uh, I did learn some English in the Congo. I, le- I learned most of my English in Kenya. Okay, well, that was where you had the private teacher. Yes. In Kenya. Okay. Yes, I learned a lot of English there. Okay. Pretty much all I know about English. And yeah, you had a there. private teacher, so that yeah. really was like a good best case scenario, really, for learning a language is to have like a private teacher. Yeah. Right? Best case. I mean, best case scenario is like being immersed into, into that, it. Yeah, that's actually... And so case. that was the thing. Like, yeah. they, I mean, they spoke Swahili, which I speak as... I speak very little for my country. Okay. And their Swahili is a bit... It's quite a bit different from the one we speak in the Congo. Okay. And so that was not the thing I was going to lean on. Mm-hmm. And so spending time in Kenya was like the only time where um, I had to lean on my English. There was no other language I could lean on. Oh, right. And so that okay, kind of yeah. forced me to learn English okay. and to do it properly. Mm-hmm. And I had lots of teachers who were very, um, like, dedicated to making sure that I was pronouncing words correctly and that I was not going to um, get my accent compromised pretty much. So yeah, so they speak, did work really speak, hard. No, on your yeah, accent. no, yeah. There was a thing that, yeah, there was like you speak this way, and that's how, that's the way you should speak it. And so, which is why you have a British accent. Yeah, but yeah, it is. That's very cool. <laughs> it's it's just so fascinating to me. I love it. Um, but I mean, okay, so uh, you graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And then talk about your job. Um, so I graduated high school in like 2014. Okay. And uh, and so then I did some work for some nonprofits. Uh like this odd nonprofits in Indianapolis and then 
I ended up working for Chick-fil-A. Okay. After my time there. Uh, and uh, it was weird because I had some people who I was doing life with at church. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you should apply Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is Chick-fil-A? Because I had no idea what Chick-fil-A was. Wow. Yes. And, uh, and they were like, ah, it's this like, it's this restaurant essentially. And from the moment they said, oh, it's fast food. I was like, click. No, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Like, yeah, no, no. And, uh, but this lady called Eve, she was like, she was really, um, she was really like bought into it, the idea of Chick-fil-A. She was and very insistent there. that you should was try it. She was very insistent. Yeah. Okay. And she was like, no, they're closed on Sundays and it's really amazing. And at the time I was doing jobs that where I would say that I can't work on Sundays. And then they would say, yeah, you, that's cool. And then eventually they scheduled you on, on, don't, then eventually they scheduled you on Sundays. Like once and then you're like, yeah, it's fine. I'll do it. Yeah. But you don't respect your boundaries when you're that young anyways. And then, but then they keep doing it. Yeah. Once they do it and you do it and it's like, they just stretch it out. Right. And so I did that. And when she said, well, they're closed on Sundays, I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll check it out. So I ended up applying at my local Chick-fil-A, which was inside a mall Mm -hmm. in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And uh, I applied there. And I got the interview. Mm -hmm. And this was like very funny. But I got the interview, (laughs) showed up for my interview. They interviewed me, just like what I, whatever. They were like, oh, yeah, we have a series of interviews. So they invited me back mm-hmm. for a second interview. Okay. So I did the second interview. And uh, then they sent me home. And they were like, yeah, we'll bring you back in for a third interview. Okay. So they're bringing me back in for a third interview. At this point, I'm like, what the fuck? Who do they think they are? You know? Oh, doing a, like, third interview? a third interview? You thought that was too intense for a so fast, fast food, food place. job? <laughs> fast food job, three job interviews. What What are we doing here? Okay. You know, and so I showed up for the third interview. They asked their questions, different questions on the first and the second, and uh, and then they sent me home. Mm-hmm. And so then I they invited me back for a fourth interview. This is four, four interviews. Four interview deep That's into this really thing. That's really odd. And you're not Fast like applying job. to be a manager. Yeah, no, I was just <laughs> applying to be a regular team member. To That's say weird. my pleasure, make milkshakes and whatever. Yeah. Um, And so <laughs> I show up for the fourth interview. They have the thing. They invite managers from around to like talk to me and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually I get the job, which is really good. Because okay. at the time I was applying at that job actually with my mom and my dad. Okay, so um, you were going to all work there. Yeah. Okay. My father and my mother were, were all going to work there. Okay. This was it. But they had gotten the job way before me. Really? For some reason. Yeah. They got the job like two interviews deep. Oh. And I had to go for interviews deep. I, I don't know. It was like, what did they like? I don't know if I was like not answering that'd questions be, right. It would be really sad if they just hire both your parents and then reject you. It would have been funny. Um, yeah. But they did not. So. They did accept you. So they gave me the job and um, ended up starting working there and whatnot. And then um, we got a new owner and the new owner came in and whatever. And then she thought I was good. So she gave me a leadership job and whatnot. 
So uh, that brings us to the part of the story where we actually met. We met at Chick-fil-A. Yes, we did. Um, I was a customer at Chick-fil-A, a regular customer. I would come in once a week. I would come in with my brother, actually. So you thought for a while that I was that we were a couple, right? Yeah, I, I used to think that you guys were dating oh, um, because you guys were like the same height. <laughs> we were, yeah. And we we kind of looked like twins around that time. Pretty much dates. <laughs> I don't know. There's this thing like people look alike. I don't know. Well, yeah, the dating or siblings thing. I guess, but not really. I didn't think like you guys are siblings. I just thought people we didn't who look date that much alike. start to look alike. Oh, that is true. Yeah, either you start to look like the other person or you just choose someone that is the carbon copy of you. Yeah. So very <laughs> often it's like in French, we say, qui se ressemble, s'assemble. <laughs> it's like, uh, and like that means whoever looks alike gets together, but there's also oh, like really? a different side of it. The people where people say, qui s'assemble, se ressemble, which means the people who get together start to look alike. Oh, alike. okay. And so, yeah, there's this idea true. that when you start to date, you just start to pick up things from your partner and you kind of like turn to look like each other. Yeah. No, and that's, so, that's a proven thing. Whether that true. means like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, but also you like, you kind of borrow stuff from them. You do. And yeah. so, yeah, you're going to look to, you're going to look alike, mm-hmm. but also that, um, you pick up the mannerism and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of start to act the same way. Or you steal their their language, you know, or something. Yeah, you know? like phrases that they yeah. say and things. So it's like, I heard, so that happens so much. This is, this is a tangent. So I'll try to be short with it. But um, I heard that it's been proven that couples start to look alike over, especially like many years, like decades. Because... Um, when you form a relationship with somebody, you tend to kind of mirror the face that they are making. Mm. Like you almost are like mimicking each other's faces. And because of that, like your, your face starts to change shape based on the faces that you make every day. Yeah. And so people end up looking like each other because they're making the same faces all day. Isn't that weird? Oh, that's mind blowing. (laughs) It is. And it like, they showed like pictures of couples like young versus old and they literally turn into carbon copies of each other. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can see that it happening. totally true. <laughs> I can see that happening, which is then why I'm excited for you because I'm just like really handsome. <laughs> oh, you're excited for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. kidding. It's going to be hard for us to end up looking like carbon copies, though. That That's going to be weird if that actually happens. That'd be weird, but you've been spending more time in, like, the sun, and so... <laughs> I'll have to spend a lot more time in the sun to look like you. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more. You, you got to stop hitting the mic with your wine glass, Daniel. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. That was an accident. Um, okay. So yeah, I would come in a lot with my brother and I'm pretty sure we were like aware of each other for like, what, three years before we ever spoke? No, I think I was, I think I was pretty familiar with you. I was pretty familiar with your game. You know, I was like, yeah, she shows up all the stuff with her boyfriend. 
But you were, but we kind of knew of each other for a couple years before anything ever started between us, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so my first memory of you, I, I don't remember the first time that I like saw you or that you took my order or whatever. Um, I mean, I kind of do. I just remember um, like you taking my order and you were very good looking and you were dressed very nice. Like you weren't sloppy with your uniform or anything like that. Um, and you had this incredible like exotic sounding accent. And me and my brother just walked back to our table, just like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, what is... There's no way you guys talked about it. Oh, we absolutely like, did. No way. Okay, so I said that I don't remember the first time, but this is all I remember. All Bushy I remember bus. is um, hearing you talk, and I'm pretty sure we weren't even at our table yet. We were, like, whispering to each other, who is that guy? What does he do? I'm not joking. Who is that guy? What is he doing here? His accent is so cool. This is no so way. weird. Yeah, no, totally. There is no way. I'm not joking. I'm calling you, Stevens. I'll check. I'll no, check. No, yeah, you this can off. check. You can check with Kevin. This is this. We actually did this. But I mean, when you're in central Indiana, you do not get interesting people just passing through. <laughs> it's not a place anybody goes except like by accident. So maybe I was a killer. You guys consider <laughs> oh that? My maybe I was a uh, villain. I mean, there are lots of uh, people from other countries that <clears throat> settle there for different reasons, but you definitely don't hear a British accent almost ever. That's for sure. Uh, and there's not a lot of African people either. I don't think there's yeah. lots of Asians, lots of Mexicans. Um, some Middle Eastern people, but not a lot of Africans. That's so. funny because I used to do, uh, I used to work for uh, a restaurant, 1913. It's a restaurant inside like an Omni Hotel, the Omni okay. Hotel, downtown Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, there used to be lots of people from England. Really? Who actually stopped by and they worked for Eli Lilly. And so there was just so many people. They either worked for Eli Lilly or Rolls Royce. Oh, yeah. the two things yeah. that they would still buy and they just did have an accent. Like, I guess, like mine at the time. And I was, mm -hmm. I would talk to them like, hey, what's up? Mm -hmm. Where are you from? Or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, and so I never thought that the idea that outside of that circle, outside oh, really? of the circle of downtown, it was as rare. Because I just oh, that's thought. so funny. I just thought like. Yeah, there are lots of people who have a British accent, actually, in oh, Indianapolis. that's so funny. And yeah, so that I mean, made me feel like I wasn't as much of an outcast. As rare. Yeah, no, yeah. as much of like a standout. Yeah, 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 yeah. As you made a sound when you met me. And I was like, no, I just feel like I've come across so many people. Because they used to. They used to, they, they would come down there. Mm -hmm. um, And so it was like, I mean, I guess in retrospect, it was a hotel. So it was just exactly lots yeah. of wild people come to you, hotels, you, you know. At that point, you were working <laughs> in a hotel and you were working downtown. But yeah, the Chick-fil-A where you worked is about 30 minutes outside of downtown. Yeah. Basically in the suburbs. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and nobody cool comes to the suburbs for any reason, unless I they're lost. I guess not. <laughs> 
So, yeah, no, like, I, the number of times I would hear a British accent, I, a few times in my life, practically, except on TV, like, seriously, that was how wild it was to hear someone with your accent, especially just, like, casually working there. Like, you were not, you know, dressed in a fancy suit like a businessman passing through. No, you were just working at Chick-fil-A, and we were like, uh, ah, this is just what I who do. Who is this guy? Yeah, no, it was a weird thing probably for you, I guess. It was definitely uh, weird. It's like, no, he's not here from corporate or whatever. This right? just, you're going to find him here every day. This is just what he does. This exactly. is his thing. And yeah, I yeah, guess no, that is we were thing. immediately whispering to each other, who is this guy? Like, where is he from? This is so strange. <laughs> yeah, I um, guess the whole time was from the Congo. And so it was like, it was not quite. As exciting as England, I guess. Yeah. For Americans. Yeah, maybe for Americans. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, still, I feel like we don't get a lot of people from Africa. So. To me, it's more exciting. It's like, if you're from the Congo, that's pretty legit. Yeah, no, that's really cool. <laughs> Definitely. Um. So, yeah, despite the fact that my brother and I were standing there whispering about you, we're both major introverts, so we did not just walk up and talk to you and ask you where you were from, like we probably should have. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> no, but we kept What'd coming you guys in. Do? What'd you guys do instead? I mean, that was all we did. We just kind of speculated about where you were from. I think I, when we were back at the table, we might have tried to figure out like where we thought the accent was from. I don't really remember that conversation much. I just remember like we were trying to place your accent. Because it was just so exotic sounding and cool sounding. Um, but that was about it after that. We just kept coming in every week. And uh, we would see you sometimes. And we always thought you were just so mysterious. <laughs> That's a weird thing. I don't know why people in the United States tend to try to do that. To like place people's accents. Oh, really? Because it's weird. It's, I'm like, no, anybody from anywhere could speak However, Whichever way they want well, to yeah, speak. Well, yeah, you have taught me that, like, uh, accents are really a mixed bag. It's not just a straight-up indication of where somebody's from. Yeah. Because a lot of people say that, oh, you're from England, right? They just ask you. Yeah, they assume, do. Assume. I'm like, no, I do not even sound like someone from England, actually. You don't, actually. Yeah. And so it's like, well, why would you bother asking me that? It's probably rude to, like, try to guess like that. But that was why Kevin and I were just like, hey, you're cool. Are you from England? <laughs> you know, we were just talking amongst ourselves. Yeah. Like, where do you think that accent is from? And that's because what I mean. it's kind of fun, at least amongst yourselves to like place an accent. But I don't think yeah, it's but like great to like 90% comment. of the time you are wrong. So it's like, yeah. why do people even bother doing that? It's like, it's just. I just think ask the person. If you, can, if you can guess correctly, it makes you feel like you're really smart or like really educated about accents or something. Or like you have a really good ear for accents, you know? But yeah, so my brother and I would come into the Chick-fil-A for probably two years. Yeah. Almost every week um, before I ever, um, before we ever like started talking or anything. But um, through the years, you got promoted to... What, what was your position at the time? Manager? I was or director of operations. Director of operations. So you climbed the ladder pretty quick those, <laughs> those couple of years. Um, and 
So one day I realized you took my order one day and I realized that you were wearing a new name tag that had your last name on it. Mm-hmm. So being the creepy person that I am, instead of talking to you, I looked you up on Instagram. Yes, you did. And I found out that you were a photographer too. Yeah. And you took amazing pictures. And I was like, okay, this guy, not only is he really cool, but he's also an artist. And I, I'm also an artist. I'm into like video, videography. That's social media, social media marketing, yeah. the whole thing. Um, but I'm just really passionate about art and artists. And I think artists are just the coolest people in the world. So I was like, okay, I have, I have to actually meet this guy for real. Um, so I, I DM'd you. And that yeah, was how we started talking. You did. And um, at the time, I was actually looking for artists for my job as a director of operations. You were looking for a videographer? Yeah. I was looking for artists in general. But I was artists like... Artists in general? Just that as a creative mind, when I get to places, I want to get some cool stuff. You know, so I was getting to this new position and I was like, yeah, what we really need right now was to spread our name. Creative marketing. Spreading our name meant that we needed a person who could uh, spread it around, I guess. Who knew and how that to was make a videographer. Good, like, marketing yeah. material. I was like, we need a video to let people know who we are, whether we're in the, the neighborhood and whatnot. Because um, I could do photos, but I just, videos is a different beast. And so yeah. I was just like, nah, I can't. I don't know if I wanted to. Venture into that around yourself, <laughs> you know. I could have, but I was right. like, nah, I was looking for videographers, yeah. And so, when you hit me up and you're like, oh, yeah, I do videos, we've done videos for YouTube and whatnot, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shoot, this is this is insane, this is like God's plan right here. <laughs> and so, I ended up asking you to, to go coffee. to coffee so we could talk about this project that I had for you. Yeah, so that ended up being our first date, and so we met up, and we did not talk at, about business at all. We accidentally had, like, a five-hour date instead, <laughs> and so then we had to meet up again <laughs> later to actually talk about business, but yeah, this is a question I have for you. So that first meeting, in your mind, it was never a date from the beginning, like, when you asked me. It was not a date. In my mind, it wasn't a date. It was like, this is a cool person that I'm connecting with. And this is like. It was just, this is a cool person I'm connecting with. Yeah. But then we ended up talking about like movies that you should totally watch. And we made a list of like, hey, you should watch this movie. And I should watch this movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we just we, kind of like hung we started out as like two our artists. first movie list. It's we like, did, yeah. You should check this movie out. This is like the one where you should check out, uh-huh. if anything. Yeah. And so, no, it wasn't because, I mean, I don't know. There's always been like this weird thing moving into the United States that people, I don't know, it almost feels like you can only be kind to the people that you're dating. Well, yeah. It's and like, to me, it's always been like, you asks, can be kind to anybody. If a guy asks a girl to coffee, unless it's strictly business. They're dating. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's only one or the other. You can't just be like, oh, like, she seemed cool. I wanted to be her friend. Like, that, like, almost doesn't exist. 
Yeah, in and that's United, weird. US and culture. no, because you were like, yeah, what? Especially like if you pay for their bill or whatever. Oh you were yeah, like, you paid for it. If you right? pay for, yeah, no, I did. You paid for it, right? That was like a and major like, indication for like me. I was like, I guess, and I was oh, like, this later, is a date. okay. Later, we learned that, like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I could pay for something. I could pay for something. You were just being nice, and it not being a date. Like I could right. just because it is. I mean, what I suppose is. if it was a business lunch. And you paid for it. It would. That, that would still would make fine. sense because you were the one hiring me. Yeah. I guess. Um, but I mean, when you first, when I first got the message that you were asking me to coffee, I kind of thought it was a date based on like how we had been talking, because we had been talking in a very like friendly way, and when so- yeah, and it, in U.S. culture, when somebody says, "Oh, I've been talking with this guy." It means mm-hmm. we're interested in each other and mm-hmm. we're testing the waters to see if like it is going to turn into something and we're going to actually want to like meet up and date, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that is what I thought we were doing. Like we were talking so as to then maybe go out on a date at some point, but we were also talking about business too, but we were talking pretty in a pretty friendly way. So I thought that you were interested in me, but anyway, <laughs> No, I think at the time I was just like, yeah, yeah. No, but, and that's, that was the thing, though. When I moved to the U.S., everybody thought I was very flirty. Oh, and I really? Never thought, yeah, I never thought of myself Aww. as such a flirty person. I was like, no, I'm that's not. so funny. It's like, no, you just, I don't know. I, I just felt like, you know, you, you were just, just nice, nice to, people. to people. Yeah. You should be nice to people. Mm-hmm. Not in a flirty way. You can definitely like, be nice without I being marry flirty. You type thing. It's like no, I'm just nice because you are a human being and you deserve respect and you deserve kindness type of thing. Yeah. It was never like oh no, I'm just only kind to people that I want to fuck. That's like weird. Oh, yeah. I, I know it, it is weird and like um, I don't know. I mean, you can be kind without being flirty, but if a guy is say he's I don't know if a guy is talking to a girl he doesn't know, like she's a stranger. They just met on the street or whatever. And he's asking her a lot of questions like he's interested, just interested in her story or whatever. The girl is going to think that he's flirting, basically. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah. That's that's strange to you. That was weird to me because I was like, no, it isn't because I'm like, no, you I don't know. And maybe maybe it's weird back home too. Maybe it might be weird. I don't know. I don't I mean I'm not saying- I would say I wish that culture was not uh I don't know, so messed up that like you're just talking to somebody, it means that you like expect something from them. Like that's so awful, honestly. You yeah, know? I think that's weird. Yeah. It's like I mean, I this conversation weird. comes with expectations that you are gonna do things with me after. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa dude, whoa. relax. What Gosh. the heck? We don't even know each other like that. Yeah. And so but <laughs> you gotta know really each other okay. to get to that point. And so yeah. for me, I've always felt like that was that's weird. Cause it's like No, you just people always call me very flirty. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the days. And so they were like, That's, oh, you're just very flirty. Just you're just always like flirty to people and whatever. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't get it. Because I was like, no, I'm not making any 
sexual jokes to these people, Mm-mm. which would be for me flirty. Like you gotta be. Like, yeah, no, you gotta be. Yeah, it's gotta, gotta be obvious. It has to be a man. little more like than oh yeah, where are you from? Right. I'm like no, yeah. that's not flirty. No, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just uh, common human courtesy. Like right. you being a decent human being. Um, and, or like, oh, what are you doing later? That's not, that is not flirting to me. It's like, what are you doing later? Oh, oh, that's a serious question, man. Mm, Yeah. No, in the United States. That means I want to ask you out. That means I want to have a date with you later in the day. What are you doing later? What if I say I am building a shed? I mean, that would mean, that would mean I do not want to go out with you i'm not busy later but i'm gonna make up the most ridiculous <laughs> thing possible so that you know i am not interested really <laughs> you said i'm building See, that's a the shed thi- that's yes. a weird thing because <laughs> to me i'm like if someone says they're building a shed i'm like oh it's all a game man this is a dude yeah this is a handy woman or whatever i'm like oh i guess she's building a shed that's that's fucking shed. dope that's a, that's a handy woman I wouldn't think like, oh no, she's rejecting me in this moment. <sighs> and I guess I should like, oh my God, she's breaking my heart. <laughs> I should go home and cry that someone told me they're building a shed later. And I just don't, I just didn't think that was the thing. Like if someone told me that, I'd be like, oh shoot, what type of wood are you getting for this shed? You know, <laughs> like that that's would? what... And then I would be like, oh my gosh, this guy will not give up. He's not getting the message. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> and I guess that's what happens when you're speaking from a different, from a different culture, I guess. It's because it's like, oh no, she said she was building a shed. I'd be like, oh, she's just building a shed. I was asking her more questions about the shed. And yeah. well, no, and you would be like, oh no, this man is not, will not give up. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he will not <laughs> give up. Because I would genuinely offer, hey, do you need help picking <laughs> up the shelf and things shed? like that? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you'd be like, oh my God, he's trying to really come up on me. And I'd be like, yeah. no, I'm really just trying to help this lady out. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's I mean, like, you just get caught if up. It was, if it was obvious I was like a handy woman, then like maybe I did literally mean I was building a shed. I, what, I don't what know. Does that, uh, what does the obvious handy woman look like? I don't know. I come in like all roughed up and I'm like have a tool belt on. I don't know. But um, yeah. And I'm not saying that I play games like this because I really don't. But uh, I mean, a lot of people do. Dating is a big game. And honestly, I am so grateful that I really never had to play it. <laughs> because I mean... You ended up being my first and only boyfriend, so and we didn't really play games like that. I I don't feel like no, thankfully. Yeah, no. So yeah, I never had to play the dating game like that, and it's very confusing. And even I don't know all the rules, even being from here. So I just feel like nobody knows the rules. No, no, nobody. The rules are dumb. <laughs> the but there rules are, are no dumb. rules, and the games that people play are stupid for sure. There are no rules because like. I mean, for me, the fact that people thought I was very flirty when I didn't mean it in that way, I was like, I don't know. I have no interest in that person romantically. Yeah. I do. I just thought everybody deserved kindness. Yeah, and that's you a know? good thing. It was like, no, everybody deserves a, kindness and some interest into their life. Like, because people are people. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they're just very complex. And so it was like, for me, it was always like, oh, they're very complex. Yeah, they're just very complex. People are very complex. And so ask them questions that get me closer to like getting the essence of who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so was there a point when you realized that it was more than just like a business relationship or just a friendship? Uh, yeah, I guess like, I mean, we went on a few dates, I guess, which we thought were dates. Yeah. I did. But you were just hanging out with a friend. I was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> hanging out with friends. This is a new friend that this I have. This is your new friend. Okay. Yeah. And she, she's pretty cool. And she does a whole lot of things and whatnot. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I guess uh, I would say probably, I mean, when you came over and you watched a movie mm-hmm. and your brother was there, which was a weird thing, but your brother I, was there. For, yeah, for reference... I grew up in an extremely conservative family. And despite the fact that I was 23 years old <laughs> at the time, uh, I was very afraid to be alone with a guy, really. I mean, I was taught growing up that basically if you're alone with a guy, you know what he wants. <laughs> um, so the safest route was to never be alone with you until I you know, was sure that you were not going to do something like that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first time I went to your place, I, I said, let's, let's all hang out and I'll bring my brother and we'll watch a movie. <laughs> that was weird. But I guess she did. But also you were, but it wasn't you were still weird. thinking of me as a friend at that point. Right? Yeah, no, it so wasn't weird because your brother was cool. Yeah. yeah you your like brother's my, cool. my brother's a musician. So we were all artists. So it wasn't so weird for me to like bring him. And he was, you know, around the same age as us too. Yeah. So it wasn't that crazy. Yeah. So I drove out and we watched um, Les Miserables. Mm-hmm. Les Mis. Yeah. And that was good. Great movie. Well, very, very good. It was the greatest musical ever written. Mm-hmm. And uh, also one of the best movies ever made. Okay. And so, yeah, we did watch that. And I was like, oh, I guess maybe this is a thing. I guess that was fun for me. I was like, really? oh, I guess this is the thing. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. What's the next part of the story? So we started dating from that point on. Um, we dated for two years. Yes. And then the pandemic happened. Well, we did it for like two years to where we were like, we would hang out and we would take pictures because. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's actually go back. So, I mean, yeah, we we developed a relationship from that point. Eventually, we were clear about the fact that we were dating. We became boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and uh, the next year, I think we started traveling together. Yes. Right. I mean, before that, we started taking pictures together because. You loved photography. I love photography. Um, and then the next year we started traveling together and taking pictures on our travels. Yes. Um, and then the next year was 2020, right? Yeah, we met in 2018. We were dating from 2018 to 2019. 
and then in 2020. Um, well, this is when it gets kind of fuzzy. So the beginning of March, like March 1st, practically, you told me that um, the operator of your Chick-fil-A had gotten a new store location mm. and that she was changing and she asked you to come with her to the mm. new location. And where was the new location? The location was in Corsicana, Texas. Which is for reference. It's like this very tiny town, like an hour outside of Dallas, pretty much. Right. Um, so you told me that you I mean, you said that you were basically going to accept and you wanted to know if I would come with you, right? Yes, yes. I didn't know whether you wanted to come with me. I did I did want to know whether um whether we worked, you know. Whether it would work out. Yeah. Um, and I said I said that I definitely did not want to move to Corsicana, Texas. That was pretty much the opposite of what I wanted to do, but I would do anything to be with you because I loved you very much. Um, and so after that, we decided that we should get married and then, and then move together. Right. Yeah. Um, and what's really insane is that you got that job offer literally like two weeks before the pandemic started. Right. Yes. Yeah. From what I remember, like she accepted the offer too. The op your operator accepted the offer to g start a new store, like right before the pandemic. No, so we had this trip. We're going to Maui. Yeah, our and, trip. Uh, yeah, we went to yeah, Maui. Yeah, we went to Maui for my birthday. For your birthday. And this was after in right, March, right whatever. after you told me about the job offer. And uh we're in Maui and we're having a grand old time and we decided to go to Costco to get some water or something. <laughs> and there are like super long lines. In Costco, yeah. Like insanely long lines. Like And this is crazy. like what, like March tenth or something? Yeah. <laughs> like middle of the week type thing they're just insane lines and so we were we were thinking what the heck is going on here i guess i guess hawaiians love their costco you know yeah, or we something were like, oh like it's yeah. the only costco on the island it maybe it's sense. just really busy makes sense <laughs> i was busy and so it just didn't occur to us that that those were there was people a run on the grocery stores panic shopping and we were just so oblivious to that fact. Yeah, I mean, we're, and, we were not the type to be like glued to the news. No, anyway, yeah. Anyway, as people. And then we had the whole time, but we had the whole. And we, had we were a, on vacation. We had a grand time. We had a grand yeah. time in on Maui and whatnot. And then I remember us flying back, and that's when it dawned on us that, oh shoot, the whole country is on shutdown. Actually, because we're in the yeah. airports, and there was nobody in the airports type thing. Like, well, it was yeah, like, we uh, it was pretty slim. Like when we flew back. Outside of Maui. That's my memory, but maybe. Well, I, it was a little bit before that. It was a couple of days before that. Um, we started to realize in Maui that it was really serious. Um, and that things were about to start happening. And before we flew back, it was announced that everyone was going into quarantine. And the quarantine started on March 13th, I believe. Yeah. And we were in Maui... 
or we were on Maui until like March 15th or something like that. But either way, we landed in the middle of quarantine, which was really weird. So timeline is you get this new job offer beginning of March. Mm -hmm. We go on vacation. Mm -hmm. We come back. The world is completely different. (laughs) Yeah, the world is completely shut down. And so we came back and that year was the last year I was supposed to be in Indianapolis because we were supposed to move to Texas way later down the year. This well, yeah, like March the, or something. The, you got the job offer down. in March, but you moved. Yeah, grand opening. Grand opening September? was like in November. Oh yeah, grand opening, grand opening was in was November. Grand opening was scheduled for November, and, and you so, moved a couple of months before that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so, I was just like, "This is a wild time." This that that yeah, was a wild time. For it me. was a it was a wild. It was a wild time, time for us. United States shut down. Nobody on the streets. And your store was shut down for how many months? Was shut down for about a month or two. I think it was like two months. Yeah. Yeah, about two months. Like crazy, man. Yeah, and so yeah, from the time we got back from Hawaii, it was like, no, we're not months. opening next Monday and whatnot. Like it's just like we're gonna be shut down. So we landed in the middle of quarantine. <laughs> your store was closed for two months, and it was in the middle of that two months um, that we basically decided to get married. And we were going to move later that summer. Well, we got engaged. We didn't get married yet. Yeah. We had, we had gone engaged. And then, because, I mean, I don't know. Maybe for some reason, maybe the pandemic brought us together or whatever. It was like. it does. I actually do really appreciate the pandemic because we got to spend more time together in those two months than we had, like, the whole time we'd been dating. Yeah. Because we were together, like, every day. We almost kind of lived together, but like not quite because we still had separate places. But, you know, it was the pandemic, so you weren't going to work, you know, but it it was great. That kind of solidified for us. It was like, yes, like we're going to enjoy being married. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the time it's like, what are we doing not being married? Yeah. Like, what's the point of not being married? Like, we don't miss anything anyways. Um, And like, I feel like we got married. Well, we were planning to get married that well, we year. Spent the, we spent the summer planning a wedding that was going to yes. happen. We were like, oh, the pandemic will blow over in a couple of months, right? Like, yes. And then we'll be able to have our wedding in like eight months from now. Wrong. Yes. No, but <laughs> there was wrong. also that trip. There was a trip we had. To Texas? Uh, coming down to see Corsicana. We did get and to. Whatnot. Yeah, we what got did to you, have a trip. What was your head space at that time? That's the question. Like, what were you? Oh, were well, you mindset wise? Like, as you seeing it out, as you just scoping out the ground, the new place I was going to live. You think? Yeah. yeah. And when we took the trip, there wasn't like a chance that you could back out, really, right? No. At it, this point, at this me, point, it was, it was like, like, this is our fate. This is the next move. <laughs> this is the next move. Yes, and, and so, right, and like I said at the top. I grew up in the Midwest, which I thought was very boring, and I wanted desperately to move somewhere more exciting. I was planning on Los Angeles for a really long time. Yeah. And then some things with my career kind of fell apart, so I never I never made that move. But then I met you, so I stayed in Indiana a little longer than I had planned, and now we were moving to Corsicana, Texas. Yeah, by the time we were dating, you were talk- You were still talking about, like, moving I, to LA. I was, yeah. And, uh... I was still up. trying to make it happen, just, like, desperately, but, like... 
it wasn't meant to be. Okay. Yeah, I know. I just thought you had this big moves. I was that hoping. You were moving to. Okay. I was hoping, but yeah. I mean, I I met you, and then I was like, I mean, I'll stay here a little bit longer, I guess. But I wasn't <laughs> staying there for a long time. Right. I knew you weren't. I knew that you I were was a cool. Moving to tiny town. To to tiny Texas. I knew that you were a guy that was not like Indiana is my final place. <laughs> I'm done no, moving after this, never. which is why a relationship with you was very exciting to me because I knew that we were going to move somewhere amazing someday. Yes. Just it was turns lame out that the next move was, was like Corsicana. Yeah, I know. Corsicana, that's very not us. Waxahachie, Texas very, type thing. It's very not us. For it was sure. a test, but it was good. I think it was like a good test to be like, are you in for the long haul? Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> that's actually true because the last few years have been difficult living here. But yeah, so yeah, the the first trip that we took, there was no chance of backing out. So my mindset was like, this is going to be it. I have to find a way to make this work. Uh, the only thing that I remember is number one, thinking that I really did not like Corsican. I didn't want to live in Corsican if we could avoid it. Like if we could live a few towns over. That would be more ideal. Yeah. Uh, come to find out, Texas is huge. And there's many, many miles between each town. So uh, yeah. the, the thing that I remember most about uh, the first trip was that we wanted to live a few towns over. And then we made the drive from yeah. Corsicana to the place we wanted to live. And I was like, oh, my gosh. This is a very long drive for you to was do a long it drive. every day. It was a long drive, and I'm not much of a driver. No, and you would fall asleep if you drove more than 10 minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes was my limit, but yeah. Fif- okay, 15 minutes. Anything more than 15 minutes, I'm starting to fall asleep. I'm like, uh, <laughs> and, so, and this drive was going to be 40 Yes. Minutes. <laughs> yes, it was about to be 40 minutes. 40, 40 minute daily yeah. commute there and back. Yeah, that was what that trip was like. I just remember the drive being like really, really extremely long. But um, and I felt really bad for you that that you were going to do that and that you were going to do that for me kind of so that we didn't have to live in Corsicana directly. We could, yeah. we could live closer to Dallas. So then, you know, we could take trips into Dallas and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, we should maybe spend another episode talking about what it was like moving to Texas. And like, for me, that was still like kind of a culture shock. I mean, it's a culture shock for both of us, really. It was. It was, it was even a culture shock for me being from the U.S. Because. But my life is a culture shock, so. Yeah, your your life is a culture shock, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, even for me being from the U.S., moving to Texas was a culture shock because Texas is truly... Its own thing. Its own country. It, it really is. Yeah. It I really is going its own thing. Bucky's. We were going to Bucky's for the first time. Oh, yeah. I remember. I did enjoy Bucky's. I mean, for a gas station, I enjoyed it. I don't need to rave about it. That's <laughs> but for right. a gas station, it's a very, very good gas station. It is the greatest Texan attraction in the world so <laughs> yes actually that is incorrect h-e-b is the number one texas attraction 
according to me, according to other people, according to Texan, Bucky's uh, is pe- the shit. I suppose, but people love H-E-B too. Yeah, but H-E-B does not have, does A not beaver. own all the beavers. They don't own they every don't single, own the All the billboard in Texas, you know. <laughs> Bucky's does. They have just so much more money. Except for all the Jesus ones. It's just Bucky's and Jesus billboards here. Yeah. Either Bucky's or you're going to hell. You're going to Bucky's or you're, <laughs> you're going to hell. You're either going to Bucky's or yes. to hell. Those are the two destinations. <laughs> those are the two have. things that you learn when yeah. you come to Texas. Yeah, that's just, you're going to Bucky's or you're going to hell. That that that's it. It's <laughs> very the clear. only two options. Yeah, no. There's no questions there. And <laughs> so. Okay, um, so yeah, we, we took that trip and then we uh, we had planned a whole wedding and then we canceled it because the pandemic was still happening and yes. we kind of just got married in like a small ceremony um, and then we moved to Texas together in like October, September, October-ish. Mm-hmm. And now we live in Texas. Yes. We had gone our small wedding, which was uh, 2020 still, right? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. August 2020. Yeah. Full pandemic. Countries yeah, fully, haywire. Fully in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, can't tr- yeah. the country is like going crazy. Masked up. Craziness. Um, yeah, like the pictures of us signing up are... Um, Oh, yeah. We took pictures with masks on. Yeah. Signing our marriage certificate. Yeah, our marriage certificate pictures, they still have the masks on. Like, yeah. we are masked up. We were, I feel like we were even worried about gathering in a park with our families. Like, not yes. wearing masks. We were afraid that we might be stopped and told to, like, disperse. Well, yeah. At this time, like, the government was going crazy. Yeah. So there were like no more than twenty people, whatever. Gathered there was a there place. was a number. It was like if you had people at your house, you were afraid. There was a number like, of people yeah. that you were like, okay, cool, my FBI guy is about to <laughs> call the SWAT on us right yeah. now and shut yeah. this whole thing down. Right. And so, yeah, no, that was the whole thing. Yeah, it was. And so we would never. I mean, a small wedding was very private. Yeah. Just your family, my family. At the time, it was just my, only my dad and my sister could make it actually. Yeah. And so, and then you had your your mom, your siblings, your dad. Yeah. Um, it was and less then than twenty people. I'm your sure. aunts and uh, your grandma. That mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. And we had it. It was fine. We took some really great pictures. Yeah. That are just so iconic. I feel like they're iconic in our relationship i I agree i I think i love those pictures a lot and so after that but we were planning to have the wedding the year after the big wedding yeah and we we did we did end up postponing our big wedding and we were able to have a big wedding with our family in 2021 so that was good but we should probably end the story here because i'm sure we've been going for a really long time Mm -hmm. um but yeah, like we live in Texas now. Uh, these days, we since after the pandemic kind of died down, we kept traveling again. So we still travel and take pictures and make content and stuff together. And this podcast is 
the next step in our journey making content together so i think it's more about like we tend to philosophize a lot about just our differences well yeah part like the reason that we travel is that we just love learning about different cultures and different people and we're just continually fascinated like by each other yeah so we're always asking each other questions and one of our favorite things to do is to just get into like random philosophical debates about anything yeah we have (laughs) debates because we have just such different perspectives yeah on a lot of things and so Mm -hmm. um being able to have this podcast was like a chance to for us to actually officially you like purposely sit down and like and just have like, these discussions oh yeah i feel like you have that perspective i'm like nah i disagree you know because we have yeah. those talks so often that mm-hmm. was like nah, let's have a podcast then whatever maybe some people can chime in because very often we have debates and it yeah has sometimes been, we're like we can't solve this it has been yeah it has been it so too. many all <laughs> so many times where you would be like oh i'm gonna put it up as a poll on on instagram Instagram, or something like people do this and i'm like no people don't do that and you're just like uh let's find out Uh and so having a podcast is like all right good at least we'll have this continuous loop of uh feedback uh that we can just get from our listeners they're like "Mm, i agree with daniel i agree with christine or whatever yeah and so and hopefully we can have listeners from all over the world that'll be able to chime into these yeah crazy random debates that we have <laughs> and so thanks for tuning in yeah thanks for listening um this was our first episode it was messy but we're figuring it out um we hope you enjoyed and we will talk to you next time Thanks for listening to the Amateur Philosopher Podcast. You can find Daniel on Instagram at Daniel Z. Baraka and Christine on Instagram and YouTube at Christine.Baraka. Our intro music is by Sweet Milo, who you can find on Spotify and at SweetMilo.com. Thanks for listening.